0: I guess this would probably be a good point for me to just kind of touch on trust a little bit more. So, like Kristen said, there's a lot of different purposes. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how often I have clients come in the door and they're like, well, so and so next door, they created a trust and it works this way. You know, I think I need that for myself. And then, really, you know, we talk it through with the client and it really doesn't make sense for them. You know, whether or not a trust will work for you depends on. Um, your goals. It depends on your health. It depends on your assets. It depends on your family structure. And, you know, a lot of times, we'll set up a trust one way for one client, and then we'll have a completely different trust for a different client. That happens all the time, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We, The biggest thing is we want to make sure that when we do any planning, whether or not trusts are involved or not, we want to make sure that it's going to work for you. And overall, you know, it's going to work for your family as well. We don't want to create any extra taxes or anything like that that we don't need to for your family as well. So like Kristen said, we use an irrevocable trust when we're trying to engage in long-term care protection, asset protection. So only irrevocable trusts in Pennsylvania offer protection against creditors like the nursing home or the state. So if you have a, re- a revocable trust or a living trust, which is also revocable, those are doing nothing as far as long-term care uh, planning goes. but. If you do have that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means you had different goals whenever you went to create that trust. Now, um, a typical revocable trust reasons for establishing that could be different. So a lot of Mm -hmm. times we'll establish a revocable trust for like a blended family. That way, if one spouse passes away, the surviving spouse can't change the entire Mm -hmm. estate plan. So it locks Mm -hmm. in the estate plan for more of a blended family. Um, other times clients are concerned about the, themselves passing away and their children receiving one big lump sum of an inheritance all at one time. They want to spread that out over time. A revocable trust would be a good way to do that as well. So lots of different purposes for trust, but anytime we are talking about trust for long-term care, it's an irrevocable trust. Trusts are really just written legal documents. You're appointing a trustee, you know, the person that manages the trust, the person that makes sure that everything is abided by as far as your trust goes, there's beneficiaries, the people who receive receive some sort of distributions from your trust. And then what we have to do, and this is actually something that gets missed very often, you have to actually transfer assets into your trust. So if you just have a written legal trust but no assets are actually titled inside that trust, you just have an empty trust. It's not doing anything and it's not going to do anything. You just really paid money for this empty trust that, that's really not gonna you know, solve any problems or help you with your goals. So you should at some point, if you're, if you haven't yet, there should be some plan in place to get assets into your trust at some point so that your trust can then manage those assets. That's a big thing. I can't tell you how often Kristen and I come across situations where a trust was established for a client, but there's no assets in it. It's just sitting there empty. So that's, that's definitely something that you don't want to miss. So, I mean, really any assets can be put into a trust, but We want to only transfer assets in that make sense. So for instance, we typically are not going to transfer your retirement accounts into a trust at this point. Reason being is because we're transferring ownership of those retirement accounts from you to somebody else, the trust, it's a taxable event and you'd have to pay taxes on all that money and it typically does not make sense to do so at this point. Something else and it... I'm really talking to you guys more about the irrevocable trust, just because we tip, we tend to establish those much more often. With an irrevocable trust for those for that asset protection that Kristen was talking about, we also typically don't transfer in your checking accounts because. You need ready access to those checking accounts so that you're able to pay your monthly bills. You don't have to jump through any sort of hoops or anything like that. You know, we don't, we don't mess with your checking accounts. If you have a savings account that you're not really doing too much with at this point, but you'd like to protect the assets in that savings account, that might be a good asset to transfer in. Probably the number one asset that we protect using an irrevocable trust would be real estate, your house especially in Center County, you know, those property values are just increasing. And so for a lot of people, their house is their biggest asset. And so if they can at least protect that, you know, they're in pretty good shape. Life insurance is another biggie, because really, most of us with the life insurance policies, they're usually just sitting there, right? You're not planning on cashing them in or anything. They're just kind of sitting there until you pass away, right? Well, if you needed care at some point, and you ask the state to help pay for your care, they can force you to try to liquidate that life insurance policy for the cash value. And then your loved ones never see that death benefit when you pass away. Typically that death benefit is worth more than the cash value is. And since, like I said, you're not really usually doing anything with those life insurance policies anyways, it usually just makes sense to go ahead and tuck them into the trust, you know, so that they're there in case you would ever need long-term care. Kristen, do you have anything else that you wanted to add on this topic? The only other thing I guess to
1: add would be when we're doing like life insurance to trust or I, I think that's a good example, life insurance, um, you know, really we're protecting that death benefit um, because the cash value is available for nursing home care. So if you have a life insurance policy, let's say it's $100,000 death benefit, but the cash value is only 50000 if you need nursing home care, the nursing home could force you to cash it in you're only gonna get $50,000. You're losing that $100,000 death benefit. So life insurance is such a great asset to tuck away into an irrevocable trust to protect it. And, you know, an additional um, step that we take there too is if it's a spousal situation, we're also gonna name the trust the beneficiary of that life insurance policy. So if one spouse passes away, it goes, the death benefit pays right to the trust. So it's still then protected for the second spouse's, against the second spouse's long-term care. And when it's a beneficiary, we forgo the five-year look back. So it's all these like extra strategies and layers of protection that we like to put into place. Um, And the trust really allows us to do that versus, again, just naming somebody outright as a beneficiary.